0: Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of deals, mergers, and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Thanks for listening. So, there should be no doubt about this week's Deal of the Week. Of course, I'm talking about Amazon shaking up the world with its $14 billion acquisition of Whole Foods. By this time, you've probably read or heard quite a few hot takes about what this deal means. In fact, I think there have been about 40,000 articles, uh, uh, even among Bloomberg reporters and columnists on this already, but I wanted to use this episode to take a step back and really think about and explain what Amazon is today, because this company is huge and has tentacles in so many businesses. In fact, if Amazon hadn't bought Whole Foods, we probably would have done this episode on a story we broke last week about Amazon's interest in Slack, the enterprise software company that's become so well-known for its interactive chat rooms. And so that's what I wanted to focus on today. Just what is Amazon, and why did it decide to do its largest deal ever by far, by a factor of like $14, $13.7 billion, or $42 a share, to buy a grocery food store chain? So joining me now are two of Bloomberg's smartest people in the worlds of consumer and technology, Bloomberg GapFly columnist Shelly Banjo and Shira Ovide. Hi, guys.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: So Shira, you're in studio with me in New York, and Shelly joining us from Hong Kong. So look, let me start with, before we jump in, I just want to give people some sense of what Amazon is today. Because remember, this was a website that, that just sold books back in 1995 when it debuted. So Carson Bednar, our summer intern, put together some notes for me here. So Amazon generated an estimated $136 billion in overall sales in 2016, so obviously the main business here is you know selling goods online. So there's a monthly charge to sell products and for more money you can also get fulfillment from Amazon. That's the main core business. Then in addition to that there's Amazon Prime, which is the subscription membership business that offers benefits like free 2-day shipping and you get unlimited video and music to some degree with that. So Amazon accumulated $6.4 billion in revenue in 2016 for Amazon Prime at a general cost of about $99 a year for paying subscribers. That number can ebb and flow, but uh, that's the general business there. Then there's Amazon Web Services, AWS, a cloud computing platform that Amazon has where they act as sort of a third party that provides data and storage and web services to other companies doing business. That service is used by Netflix and Expedia and then uh, Kellogg's, a bunch of different companies use AWS. That generated $12.2 billion in revenue in 2016. In addition to that, Amazon Video and Amazon Music itself generate money. Amazon Music is a $7.99 per month subscription service. And then you can also buy or rent videos from Amazon. That's more money through Amazon Video. In addition to that, Amazon sells devices, Kindle, Fire TV, which is sort of like its Apple TV. Of course, Echo and Alexa. There are these sort of smart home devices. In 2014, we have numbers for the Kindle. That Kindle alone was five billion dollars back in 2014. In addition to that, there's more services like Amazon Home Services, uh, Amazon Pay, which gives customers the ability to make transactions for other vendors, sort of like PayPal. And then finally, we get to Amazon Fresh, which delivers groceries at $14.99 a month with a Prime subscription. And that's where we're headed in the direction of groceries. Then there's even more money that comes in through advertising. So that's roughly the business right there. So, Shelly, let's start with you. Of all of those things I just mentioned, why spend $14 billion in groceries?
1: Groceries are still the holy grail. I mean, you have to think about how much money uh, Americans spend on food and drinks every year. It's almost a trillion dollars. And so, yes, Amazon's cornered the market on literally everything else. And, and Shira and I have talked for years about the stories we had to write, Amazon's going into shoes, Amazon's going into coffee, Amazon is going into X, you name it, uh, product area. But what it hadn't been able to crack yet, which it has been trying to, and you know it's certainly trying to with this deal, is the grocery business. And so that is where Whole Foods comes in.
0: And, and so are you saying that the reason they haven't been able to crack this business was the business mandates that you buy some sort of asset non organically because it's just too competitive, or for some other reason, it's too difficult to crack, uh, you know, wh- whereas other industries are less difficult?
1: Well, I got to put this out here at the very beginning that I was completely wrong on this deal. I was the one who said this would not happen because I just thought. Not because it's not something that Amazon would want, but because I thought Amazon could kind of do it itself, that Amazon could build this grocery business itself the same way it managed to kind of elbow its way into many other different categories. But, you know, one of the reasons why groceries are so elusive to and so hard to do is just – because of the complications that come along with the food supply chain, you know cold cold freezers, cold storage, things like that, um, the business of picking and packing and transporting fresh food is just much harder than a video game or a book which doesn't have to be you know kind of kept cold or, or something like that and then on top of that is this kind of You know, mainstay of old-time retail, which is I got to touch the things that I eat. You know, I I don't really know if that peach is going to be perfect or if that banana is going to be bruised. I want to pick out my fish and pick out my meat, that type of thing. And so that has always been something that Amazon, people just didn't trust Amazon for. And, you know, that's kind of why they started wading their way into a little bit of physical retail, trying to test out the waters to see if they could do it. Because until they could build up that trust, I mean, Amazon Fresh just wasn't really gaining traction uh, with people, um, you know, for, for the past few years.
0: And, and certainly from a branding standpoint, you're buying sort of best in class with Whole Food in terms of whether or not you want to trust their produce. So I, I, I understand that logic. Shira, you've actually kept a list, <laughs> Shelley mentioned this, a list of the theoretical acquisitions that analysts or press reports <laughs> have speculated would make sense for Amazon. Can you just read some of those? Oh, clothes? no, I don't have
2: the list in front of me, but I uh, this is off the top of my head. Macy's, Uh, American Apparel, BJ's Wholesale, the Warehouse Food Club, HD Supply, the industrial um, products company formerly owned by Home Depot, um, Restoration Hardware, the company formerly known as Restoration Hardware, Capital One, the credit (laughs) card issuer. That's a short list.
0: And Slack last week. And Slack. All right. So that's like every business. So is it concerning to you at all that Everything makes sense for Amazon. Like, is that good business? Isn't it possible that Amazon is spreading itself too thin? I
2: mean, the interesting thing is in the course of two days, right, you had your scoop about Amazon looking at Slack, and then Amazon announced this massive deal for Whole Foods, and Amazon's stock price went up. Uh, and that's an indication that whatever Amazon wants to do, at least for now, Amazon investors are willing to not only give them a pass for it, but urge them on, essentially, by driving up the share price. So, I mean, I wrote this piece um, for a friends at Business Week yesterday that basically said, look, conglomerate is a dirty word in America, but Amazon is now a conglomerate and they are applauded for it.
0: And by the way, this is a company that historically d- didn't make any money. So they ran... By, by running losses year after year after year. so they and, and yet their stock price ran way up. So they've been getting a pass, theoretically, for many, many years. Now that has turned the corner recently. So I guess what I'm saying there is perhaps they have built up a track record to earn a pass.
2: No, I, th- I think that's right. I mean, the, the funny thing is that I-, I would agree with those investors who were cheering Amazon to enter all these new and unfamiliar categories, because it seems like it works. And yes, to your point, um, Amazon has kind of historically recently not been a very profitable company, but you are seeing cash flows ramp up ramp up significantly for Amazon. It's still a relatively small share, um, at least on a, on a margin basis. And in buying Whole Foods, they're buying one of the few industries that's even lower margin than Amazon.
0: Let's spend a minute on Slack, because I want to talk a little bit about why Slack actually does make some sense for Amazon. So just to back up a second, we reported last week uh, that Slack has uh, had some inbound interest from a number of technology companies, Amazon being one of them. One of these large technology companies I'm told, is ahead of the pack from the other ones in terms of making an acquisition. We do not know if that is Amazon or not. The fact that Amazon just announced a $14 billion deal to buy something else makes me think maybe it isn't. But maybe it is. I mean, it seems unlikely at this point. I can't rule it out completely yet. But Slack does make some sense for Amazon. Why is that? Well,
2: the... The interesting thing about Amazon is, to your point, AWS is this giant business that's generating a significant chunk of the company's total profits at this point. But it's mostly behind the scenes kind of computing work, right? You're taking over computer server activity or computer data storage kind of stuff, things that you and I as employees would never see. The thing that's surprising is that Slack is kind of employee-facing software, so to speak, right? That you and I would kind of trade messages on Slack instead of email. And mind you, Amazon introduced a corporate email product a number of years ago, and as far as I can tell, has gotten almost no traction with that product. So if Amazon is taking another run, is taking a run at Slack, it may mean that they want to become the hub of employee activity. The way that email for the last couple of decades, few decades, has been the sort of hub around which all employee, white collar employee activity revolves. So if Slack becomes that replacement for email, and there's some major hurdles to doing that, and then Amazon controls that central hub for white collar worker activity, that's extremely valuable.
0: All right. So let's turn back to the Whole Foods deal. Shelly, any guesses at this point? And sure, you can weigh on weigh in on this too. Any guesses on how Amazon may integrate Whole Foods? Like what, what can or should we expect? What has already been said? Whole Foods released the transcript from an internal meeting they had yesterday that I that I read through. Uh, but it was a little thin on details. What do we know at this point about or, or maybe what can we guess about how Amazon may choose to integrate Whole Foods?
1: Look, I think it's worth taking a little bit of a look at some of the other acquisitions that Amazon has done in this space. So if you think about the diapers.com Quidzy acquisition, you know, they found this company that was really making inroads into an area that Amazon wanted to win. And, you know, they milked Quidzy for really everything they possibly could and eventually sunsetted it. You know, they kind of got that market and they they won that market of moms and dads buying diapers and, and baby formula and things like that. And then they shut it down, um, you know, in, in so many ways. And now we're kind of approaching that same thing with the Zappos acquisition. So, you know, let me be clear. Amazon hasn't said it's going to shut down Zappos, but the signs are there. The, the amount of revenue that Amazon... It brings in from shoes by itself, you know, by far dwarfs that of Zappos, and there is certainly talk in the marketplace about eventually kind of shutting that down. Which which brings me to Whole Foods because I I'm still you know I understand what Amazon is going to get still so, you know they get the grocery expertise they get you know re- very good real estate in markets where they're um where their key kind of customers live. Um, But I I don't see this necessarily ending well for Whole Foods maybe 10, 20 years down the line, which, you know, might be fine, but, um, you know, might not necessarily – Work out, work out for them. But, but what they are going to get is they ha- they're going to get the reputation that Amazon really wants. They want to get that reputation of having the kind of quality food that makes people feel comfortable. The other kind of thing that I feel is kind of glossed over is what happens to Instacart, because Instacart is this whole... Thing that gave other grocery stores what they couldn't get because they were trying to, because they couldn't work with Amazon. And so Instacart was this kind of Amazon light offering. Now, here Amazon goes and, and, and swoops that up. What happens to Instacart is still kind of unknown. But what we do know is that it's going to kind of screw over all the other grocery stores in some way, which is kind of an added bonus. Um, for Amazon as well, um, so those are just a few of the things that you know come come to me at the top of my head.
0: I wonder if there's is there any chance you think that regulators would step in and say, look, you have to divest Instacart in order to give for competitive reasons. Too early to say, or or is it too small at this point that it wouldn't register?
1: Well, our colleague, Stevie and I, uh, looking exactly at that, um, you know, groceries are still this really fragmented market where, you know, even though Walmart's the biggest uh grocer in the U.S. and, and Kroger, Costco, not far behind, Whole Foods, I think, is seven or eight. Um, So it's much smaller, but yet it's still a very fragmented business. So even with Amazon, um, you know, it's not going to kind of make the the big antitrust case if you look at the grocery market in in full, if you look at just the online grocery market, Amazon's the biggest there, um, but Whole Foods isn't that big, you know, on that level. You know, could there be a wild card in the Trump administration and Donald Trump just not liking Jeff Bezos? That's always, you know, a, a, a possibility, um, and that's kind of what what, what Steve Gandahl had written in his in his column. What what scared folks though is just this reaction, this real immediate visceral reaction of all the grocery stocks that went down, as if suddenly because Amazon, you know, shook its magic wand, all the grocery stores were going to shut down tomorrow. It was it was kind of, kind of insane the the reaction there. But because of the reaction, that might kind of, you know, kind of stoke these folks when it comes to the anti antitrust.
0: So so Shelley and and and, and Shira, you can talk about this too. Uh, So one thing you said may be a little scary to some listeners that like Whole Foods a lot, which is basically you're saying, you know, do not expect Whole Foods to remain Whole Foods X amount of years down the road. And by the way, if you do read that transcript from yesterday, now Whole Foods CEO, co-founder John Mackey is one of the most outspoken blunt CEOs out there. So he's going to be a little bit more candid by nature, I think, than most CEOs. That said, I've been doing this job a number of years now. When a company is acquired by another company, the 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 standard language there is: "Don't worry, things are going to run smoothly." You know, go back and read like AT&T, Time Warner, for instance. Jeff Buca says, "You know, it's going to be business as usual. We just have a a, a new corporate overload, but we're going to be able to do these fabulous things." But like, things aren't really going to change. Mackey came right out there and was like, oh, things are going to change. You know, like, don't let me tell you, like, things are going to change. But, you know, it'll be great and this is history. But he didn't shy away from the fact that don't expect Whole Foods to be the Whole Foods of today. So what do you think that means?
2: I think we should say, as Shelley did, that it's amazing that Amazon did this gigantic acquisition and then has said zero about what its plans are. So everything that we say is sort of educated guesses, let's put it this way. So one of the interesting things is that Amazon could use Whole Foods as sort of mini distribution centers to do online grocery, right? That all of a sudden it now has 460 stores around the country and in Canada and the UK to kind of test um, more ideas either for in-store grocery or for grocery delivery or some hybrid of the two. You're also seeing analysts talk about maybe these Whole Foods stores could also be sort of package pickup centers um, for people who are purchasing on Amazon and don't want to get it delivered or want to get it faster if they actually go to a store to pick it up. Um, You could imagine that Amazon has all these ideas for how to reinvent the store experience, right? Amazon is testing this convenience store near its Seattle headquarters where there are no cashiers, right? You sort of walk in, you pull things off the shelf, you walk out the door, your app gets automatically charged without you ever pulling out a credit card uh, because of this technology that so far hasn't worked fabulously. But you can imagine them trying to do that in Whole Foods stores as well. So there's all these ideas that could happen, that could really be transformative, both for the shopping experience, for Amazon, and for people who are used to Whole Foods. But right now, it's all kind of speculative.
1: And I would say the one thing that's kind of, yeah, I mean, just saying, you know, following up on that, the one thing that is clear is, is kind of where the grocery industry is heading already. You know, before this deal even happened, um, You know, you're seeing Walmarts having actually really good success in this online ordering and picking up from grocery store. You're seeing the rise of um, Fresh Direct and and, and those guys that have been around for a long time but are finally kind of gaining traction. And then you're seeing the meal kits, the folks like Blue Apron and and others. And, And you're already seeing the way people shop for food change. And that, I think, is what Mackie was talking about. Is that you know the old school way that made us famous? That's not the way people are going to shop anymore. You you, you don't want to spend the time going through the aisles looking for stuff that you know you already need because you have a pre-populated shopping list that you can just kind of reorder the toilet paper and toothpaste and things you already you already know. So you know, I think we're going to see more of that move offline and, and go the way you know of of the robots. But then we're going to. See the rest of the um, the rest of the stores transform to what Amazon is trying to do with their with their retail stores. Make it worthwhile um, for people to go inside, whether that's you know trying out meals or actually eating at the grocery store or making your own meal kits or, or, or whatnot, you know, but either way, what I think what is talking about is the old school way of shopping for groceries, just like the old school way of shopping for a phone or for your, you know, personal, you know, beauty care or something like that, you know, has changed and groceries is just kind of the, that last iteration um, that we haven't seen change as much as, as the other ones. And so I think that's kind of where he was heading with that.
0: Can I still get free samples? Is that going to go away? <laughs> Ten yep. years ago when I lived in Princeton, um, which I ironically now live in Princeton again, for lunch I used to go to the Whole Foods there and just do like two laps around, <laughs> just eat like three samples and be like, all right, I'm good. I'll go back to work. I mean, I, wouldn't, I wasn't like that much of a loser that I would do it every day, but like I can't say I never did that. <laughs> um, uh, look, one more question. There's a chance someone else actually could theoretically make a topping bid. Whole Foods. In fact, investors seem to be signaling that they expect it because Whole Foods is trading at about $43 a share right now, and yet Amazon's offer valued the company at $42 a share. Who might buy Whole Foods? Is it just Walmart? Is that the only company that comes to mind? Is it possible somebody else might?
1: I mean, I'm just so humbled by this because of the fact that I just never thought that this was going to happen. And so I want to say that there's no way in you know what, that Walmart will come in and try to bid on Whole Foods. It just goes against everything in the very ethos of Walmart and also against their whole kind of investment priorities now uh, along e-commerce. They don't need to buy another brick-and-mortar retailer, but, you know, I was wrong on Amazon, so it, you know you'd almost have to think these these companies need to put in a bid just to look like they're doing their due diligence, regardless of whether or not they actually want to buy it or not. But you know, who knows anymore?
0: I will say that this so this particular deal was not a sales process. This was a one on one between uh, Amazon and Whole Foods that came together fairly quickly. By and large, without banks, Goldman did come in at the end and help negotiate on price, but the main deal itself was done principle to principle. That would mean that does increase the likelihood of a topping bid because it's not like Walmart had a shot at this and passed already. Uh, I mean, theoretically, they could have made an offer at any point. So I would imagine that it's unlikely, in part because of what you just said, Shelley, and also you would think that the cultures of Whole Foods and Walmart would be a, a, even a harder fit than Amazon, which is sort of forward-thinking in a way maybe that Whole Foods is, or at least more health-conscious theoretically, I mean, Seattle-based and progressive, et cetera. However, there is one point I want to make before we wrap this up. Look, Amazon has 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 made a living out of being pretty reasonable on price in addition to being uh, so accessible from a delivery standpoint, we already reported on Friday that that Amazon expects to cut prices uh, at Whole Foods. Will that dramatically change the brand? I mean, everyone knows Whole Foods as Whole Paycheck. Is that sort of part of the deterioration of Whole Foods that maybe people, even though they would love the price cut. It, you know, it may come back to eventually erode Whole Foods?
2: It, it could be. I mean, Shelley has written about this, that part of the issue for Whole Foods recently is that they're not their brand is not so unique anymore, right? This idea of fresh, wholesome, organic foods, that's something that other grocery stores, even conventional grocery stores like Kroger, have started to kind even of Walmart, adopt. Even actually. Walmart, Even yeah. Walmart, exactly. Yeah. So the whole brand identity of Whole Foods is no longer so pure. And so I don't know what happens if they cut prices of people. People are like Ech, i don't want this it's not a luxury product anymore. I think if anything, more people will be like, "Yes, thank you. I would like um good quality food for an even lower price.
1: But what Amazon also brings it back to is the cool factor. I mean Whole Foods had a cool factor because it suddenly became cool to eat you know, well and be organic and say, like, oh, I've had it in my acai bowl and my kale juice and my kombucha and all that kind of stuff suddenly became kind of cool in in certain areas, maybe, you know, Brooklyn and Seattle and whatnot. But, you know, so maybe Amazon will bring back some of that. But I would disagree with the premise that Amazon has the lower prices. I mean, Sharon and I have both written about the fact that, yes, maybe initially it brought down prices, but... But you don't really know what price you're getting ever at amazon, and there's been study after study showing that you know they pick a few they cherry pick a few items to go much lower, but then you know end up you end up paying a lot more for for other things so i I don't really see Amazon necessarily going and cutting prices and kind of slashing them across the board, just showing Whole Foods how to be smarter about pricing. Um, in a way that many of its competitors like Kroger have have already done, which could help the, the whole kind of image of Whole Foods without actually, you know, cutting the profit margins that Whole Foods became so well, kind of so well known for. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, the deal makes sense and, um, you know, I think that, that, that people, that's why people cheered it so much. It's just, interesting to me that you know for so many you know the thing that kind of bothers me the most is that that list that she is keeping is just going to keep growing longer because there are so many takes now on okay who's Amazon going to buy next you know and that's just going to keep going even more which is which is kind of the annoying part but we'll see
0: the cap on that had always been Amazon had never done anything big so in in right. fact I mean I was just talking to a whole bunch of
1: uh,
0: advisors corp dev people this past week when i was in san francisco about amazon in part because we had reported the slack story and the main thing i was told was yeah but they never end up doing anything big and then like <laughs> right. the next day this this was announced so obviously uh you know things change and look it it, it very both its interest in slack a nine billion dollar acquisition as we reported and this one speaks to the fact that this company has matured and is huge and so just as in anything in life, you know, past performance is not indicative of future results. It's true. That's it for this week's show. Uh, Shira Oviday and Shelly Banjo, Bloomberg Gadfly columnists, thank you both for joining us. You can catch all of our episodes on Bloomberg.com or Apple Podcasts or the Bloomberg Terminal. Remember to rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. It helps more listeners find the show. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Shelley, where can people find you on Twitter? That's Banjo. And Shira?
2: Shira Oviday.
0: Sarah Patterson is our producer, Alec McCabe, head of podcasts. See you next week.